Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Christina Talks podcast. So today I have Hung Lee joining me for the episode. We're going to have a chat through a few things. I'm really excited. Hung is really well known within the recruitment world, both on the agency side of things and also within the in-house recruitment space, which might not mean a, a lot to some of the people listening to this, but you know, about 70% of the business we do um, at Green Umbrella Marketing is within the recruitment sector. So the reason why I'm as excited about this as I am is that Hung has put together a newsletter, goes out every Sunday morning. It's called Recruiting Brain Food. Um, and it kind of started off as, well, I don't really know. This is one of the things I'm going to ask him about. Um, I don't know why he started it. I don't know what that driver was. But it's just developed into this kind of, it, it's almost like a, a movement, really, of people that contribute to the newsletter. There are some regular people that are really providing fantastic value to the recruitment community on a global basis that are quite often being picked up in the newsletter as well. Um, it's allowed Hung to create um, an event during the corona lockdown. Um, it's, it's helped him plant trees even. It, it's just, it's been amazing really. As someone in marketing, watching the mobilization of a community, like I said, it is quite inspiring the way that um, it, you know, just what I see, what I observe amongst that community. So I thought it'd be really good to have him on the show to talk about that. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see what else comes up. Hey. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great to see you. You too. You too. Can I just say your hair looks magnificent? I, do you know, I feel like, I feel like me again. So I finally got the, um, post-COVID chop yesterday, Yeah, actually, I said to my 14-year-old daughter, when I look in the mirror, it actually looks like me coming back now rather than this kind of like old, mad, kind of slightly grumpy 40-year-old woman in front of me. So yeah, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, was it yesterday that you had your cut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. It must feel amazing, actually. Um, like the weight is actually a lot of weight that's off your head. Yeah. Do you know, it was? I was talking to someone a few weeks ago, and it's um, the conversation was around what success means to you. Right. And how success actually feels and that okay, kind of okay. stuff. And, um, and I said, you know, I just want to be proud in everything I do. And it's kind of like, it's actually a stand. There's a physical kind of standing proud as well. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, when people talk about like superheroes, um, status and stature and that sort of stuff, but it does make a difference. Look, I, we shouldn't deny the importance of appearance, you know, um, because if you're happy with how you look, if you're unhappy, should I say, if you're unhappy with how you look, that's going to impact just how you feel. Um, and your level of confidence, it'll take a little bit of a dip and all this type of stuff. And that'll affect how you behave with other people. And before you know it, you might actually in, in, a, in a downward cascade. It's very hard to arrest. Um, so I think it is important that you, know, you take a little bit of a care of yourself. You know, I mean, I've noticed times when I slob out. So let's say you slob out, fuck it, haven't showered for three days, whatever. Uh, you know what I mean? That happens now and again. Um, and then... You, you, you realize, oh, I can't see anybody. I look, I look like terrible. And then you turn into this slob, like a beast. Um, and you know you're, everything's going downhill. And the first thing you've got to do is make sure, look, you've got to be bang on. 
So I do respect the people that even if they work from home or whatever, their routine is, look, shower, clean, press shirt, get on. You know, they're, they're, they're in, a, in a zone and they know they have to present in a certain way. So I've got big respect to them. Yeah. those folks definitely yeah there's a guy I know um he's out in Dubai and he does a lot of sales training and that sort of stuff and he's kind of like it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter if you're stuck at home and you're in lockdown the rest of it if you've got a business meeting if it's a sales meeting put your suit on you know just the fact that you're going to be in you know you're not going out to do it don't let it mess with your mindset yeah yeah you've got to be you've got to be pro no doubt about that yeah absolutely cool okay so you're the first person I'm interviewing for this new podcast, Hung. I'm honoured. You and are I'm the exci- launch episode. <laughs> I'm excited. And by the way, I'm amazed that you haven't done this yet. I mean, what was the... I thought you already had something going because I saw you... Obviously, you do the, the live uh, work uh, stream, which is great. Um, but uh, but yeah, have you, have you done pods before? I mean, I would have thought you'd be totally all over this. So I've been on lots of other people's podcasts, yeah. is the truth. And kind of, I think it's that thing when you're constantly being invited onto other people's stuff, you kind of think, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And, mm. um, and yeah, I haven't basically. And there is a green umbrella podcast that, um, we put the recordings of the live lunch onto that and, um, we do like social media updates, that kind of thing. But I actually, I wanted something of my own. Yeah. I don't like to share. So. No, no, this is fine. And you know what? I think you'd be a naturalist anyway. Um, so, you know, this is going to be great. We need more voices doing this. So I'm totally excited to be part of it. Excellent. Cool. Thank you. So one of the reasons I thought um, it would be great to, to have you join me Um Obviously, recruiting brain food is your baby. It's the thing I think you're most well known for. Um, I was talking to someone the other day and they were kind of like, what does Hun actually do other than recruiting brain food? I was like, I don't think there's enough hours in the day for him to do anything else. What does Hun actually do? Fuck all is the truth. You know, <laughs> next time someone asks you that, just say, you know what, fuck all. He's basically unemployed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's that and um, and breeding frogs. Breeding frogs. I thought I lost one today. I thought I lost it one today. Hadn't seen him for a couple of days. Very, very small. So you always feel for him. Like tiny, tiny. It's the size of like one of the other's arms. So imagine having a human being the size of your arm. So you're a parent, right? You're like your, your kid when the kid was like six months old. Uh, but they're like six months. Uh, but they're like what you're trying to compete for food and stuff with an adult. And it's like, how hard is that at this point? Uh, and I should really separate them, but I don't have another tank and I can't actually catch him. Um, so it's like, all right, he's got to make it on his own. And he went, went missing for three days. So I thought, shit, where is he? But I saw him this morning and he's all right. So, um, yeah, I think he's fine. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So brain food then. One day you woke up and you thought, I know what would be a really good idea. I'm going to start putting this email together. Is, is that what happened? Is there more to the story? Where did it all come from? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the root of it is pretty, pretty much that. I mean, ultimately, I had a problem. Um, lots of problems, actually, folks. Uh, but no, I had a problem, particularly because um, I read a lot anyway. Um, and I found it was very difficult to actually read at the point of consumption, uh, a point of discovery, should I say. So you might find something online. It's amazing. It's a long read. You don't have the time to read it right there. And so you, have, you file it away somewhere, don't you? You make sure, all right, I'll bookmark that and stick it into Delicious or Pocket or some sort of bookmarking tool. Um, and I, I ended up doing that 
like more or less for, uh, uh, for, for a long period. But it occurred to me that if I was to make that public, um, you know, make some sort of form of this archive in public, then other people might just get the benefit of that. Because I had like all of these resources that I'd categorized and tagged and all the rest of it, all about recruiting, future work, cool tools, sourcing, employed branding, had it all. Uh, but it was all like consumed only by me, like one person. And I just thought, look, I've already put the work in to find it and categorize it and do all of this stuff, even make notes against it. Um, why don't I just make, find a way to make it open? And if other people can get advantage of that, then fantastic. No extra work for me. Um, if they don't, then whatever. I'm doing this anyway. Um, and I just thought that, oh, um, maybe a newsletter is the way to do it. Um, so I thought, right, I'll just collect all of this stuff. Instead of putting it in the archive no one sees, I'll stick it in the newsletter. Still be, I'll still be able to look at it and find it and stuff like that. Um, but other people might discover it also. Um, and that basically was the starting point of recruiting brain. Um, literally me trying to, uh, solve a personal problem, which was how do I, um, make the internet less noisy for myself? Like how do I make sure I can carve out a space where here is the great content? Um, here is the good stuff that I know is good, um, and not have to wade through loads of stuff that's terrible. Um, and then I thought, let's make that public. Um, and if people are interested in it, fantastic. And if not, then also no problem, no difference, actually, from what I was doing before. So, yeah, so um, I know when I've heard you speak about it before, you kind of talk about that first issue that went out and, and all the people that went to. It went to one person, Christina. <laughs> went one person. I, like, I don't know what, I, I always walk around thinking I don't know what I'm doing because generally speaking, that's true. Um, and with this first email, I did know, not know what I was doing. I sent it and I realized there was only one subscriber and it was actually me. Um, I, you know, my own sign-up email was I was the only person who got it and it was like oh shit I didn't go very far yet. Um, but then it was never like an attempt to reach lots of people um, it was only after that that I thought oh actually I should tell people that I'm doing this and then if they're interested then great um, and I told a bunch of people and you know yeah, a couple of dozen signed up for, for issue two um, and then you know slowly slowly it, it, it's grown and grown um, but it um, but yeah, it's a early doors. It's not going to just spike. We, you know it in terms of content production, channel, channel kind of management and audience growth and stuff. First six months, nothing's going to happen, which is true. You know, no one's reading brain food in the first six months. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's quite overwhelming for people when they start on something where they're literally like that list is at zero, and they're kind of thinking, well, you know, what's what's the point? You know, and and keeping that, you know, keeping the, the cadence going, and you know, all, all those sorts of things, because you, you get to like week ten or week twenty two, and you're just thinking, well, you know, no one's seeing it anyway. And I think a lot of people give up far too quickly with this type of content. Um, how long has it been going? Uh, it's been going. I can tell you after it actually, because I haven't missed a week, and it comes every week. And this week coming up is one nine eight, um, so it's probably going coming up to four years now. Um, which is amazing. That was never the thought process. But let me give a quick shout out to a friend of mine, a friend of ours that we both know, great podcaster as well, Matt Alder. Um, now he, um, I want to give him a shout out because I, I consulted him. Um, you know, when I was thinking about making some lines public, I said, oh, because I think it was at the time when he celebrated his like anniversary of 100 podcasts or something, like some big number. And I was amazed at how he got there. And I thought, oh, Matt, how would you get there? And he said something to me, which I thought was really sound. He said, Hong, 
you're going to do something, you've got to commit to a number. Like, stop looking at the ROI of it. Um, it, the, the problem with ROI is that our frame of reference is too short. The time we give ourselves is too short. In recruiting, in particular, it's 30 days. Uh, you want to try something? Yeah, 30 days, that's enough time to test it. And nowhere near enough. In content, it may be, you give, might give yourself 90 days to test it to see if it works. No. Um, you need to basically say, I'm going to do this for this number, and I'm not even going to look at the ROI until after this number has happened. Because if I looked at the ROI on a week-to-week basis, recruiting brain food would have finished that issue for. Um, there, there was a number of quick points, number of quick points. First quick point was actually a second issue because I sent it to myself like an idiot. And I thought, I don't really want to do this again. I feel like such a fool. Um, and, and I was not going to do it. Second quick point was issue 10. Um, when there was like literally maybe 60 people on it and it was like really slow. I thought, wow, no one's, no one's really getting into this. Small numbers of people. Um, third quick point was maybe issue 20 odd or something. So I'm already doing it for 20 weeks, right? Uh, when I was re- declining in subscribers, um, you know, because I was getting a one subscriber a week or something. I was getting super excited. And then for some reason on that issue or prior to that issue, I'd lost like three subscribers. I thought, oh, I'm crushing um what's the point you know that was the the thought but then i remember what matt said they said listen just do it uh and i'd set myself a a, a goal to say right if older can do bloody you know however many podcasts 100 podcasts in a in a one i can send 52 emails over the year that's what i'm going to do um i want to i did it it was doing this anyway it was my thinking right so it's not extra but i'm only going to review this after the year is done um, and obviously that gives you the sense of longevity then because you're going to, going to do it until 52. Um, and by the time you go beyond the hump, uh, you're starting to roll, you're starting to get momentum. So it's really weird to think about why this is important. Um, but I want to raise two points to your viewers here, to your listeners here, because they may be content folks or whatever, but there's a lesson I think I've learned and I'd like to pass on. Um, the first lesson is, Whatever content you're producing uh, that you're asking people to subscribe to, you are asking them for a portion of their time and attention. And they, they ain't going to trust you with that unless you, they know that you're around. Because if they come and love your podcast and you do three of them and you, that's it, you quit, they've already invested like mental and emotional energy getting into your podcast and you've bailed out on them. Think of a Netflix series or something out of HBO. Like everyone's watched a pilot. It was amazing. Or watched the first episode. You're crushed when it's not renewed. <laughs> it's like, hey, I put, my, I put my life and soul into this. I'm watching it every Friday. And you've just d- decided to cancel it. What are you doing? Outrage, right? And it's the same with commercial content. People become fans of your show. So you've got a show for them. You've got to say, I'm going to be here. Um, you know, I'm going to be here. I'm going to give you the content. You can trust me with your time because I'm going to be here every single week. No, no fail. So um, that is the longevity is super important. People aren't going to trust you if they think you're going to bail. Second thing, um, having the longevity also helps you plan. You mentioned cadence, but the cadence is so important. Um, the, the era of producing content on an ad hoc basis when inspiration strikes, that's over. Um, you need to, uh, you in order to get any kind of um, 
commitment from fans, you also need to kind of educate them, almost develop a, a, a habit with them as to when your thing is going to happen. Um, so, for instance, I the Brainfood comes out Sunday, seven thirty, no fail every single week. Um, why? Why is it not seven forty-five? Or why is it not nine thirty? Why is it not eleven fifty? Could be, you know, still Sunday morning, folks. Um, but I do it without fail seven thirty because I want to say to the again to the audience that's committed to me to listen. This ain't gonna fail, <laughs> right? This is not going to fail. Godzilla can come in and destroy London, but this email is still going to go out 7.30 Sunday every single week. That's it. Um, and by creating that cadence, you get the commitment back. People are waiting for it. And people think, you know what? I need to have this email, otherwise I'm not able to have a coffee or something. Um, it is. It's part of people's routine. It's, um, you know, we, we see folks tweeting about it and the fact that they're, now having breakfast and reading the brain food and it is I'm, you know it's part of my Sunday and it, it's a there's a certain point in my Sunday that I read brain food because that's the slot and um and I'm quite a creature of habit so if I don't follow my patterns I am really grumpy yeah so yeah. it's kind of it's funny it's this psychological effect as well all of us are creatures of habit because we we don't want to have to think about especially in this world where it's so unpredictable change is uh, you just have to walk out the door and have a look out your window change is like happening at a rapid disorientating pace so as a content producer, the best thing you can do is be at lighthouse in the, in, in, in the storm. Like you're not stopping. This, is, this pulses out. could be weekly, monthly, daily, hourly, whatever. Um, it is just uber consistent. Uh, and people will grasp onto that because they're going to say, you know what, it's chaos out there, but this is always happening. It just makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. It's like one point of stability in a crazy world. As, as weird as that sounds, a podcast email, you know, whatever. But as weird as that sound, it makes a difference. And, and I say this as a fan of many channels also, and I've noticed my fan behavior. So if you do some self-analysis on yourself, like um, I think about the last time you were addicted to some content or you, know, you became habituated to it, I assure you that came out at a cadence and at a specific time, always. In the week. Remember when people watching X Factor and stuff? Uh, you know? Yeah. It didn't expect it doesn't happen randomly when there's a good singer that uh, turns up. No, it's locked in. Was it 5.30 on Saturday? Well, I, I don't watch it. But as an example uh, of, of when these things happen, they, they put it in a certain slot and they keep it there. Um, you know, so content producers have to do the same. Absolutely. And I think um, that, that ties really nicely into something else I wanted to, to chat with you over because brain food isn't just an email list. It is, it's become so much more than that. It's, you know, it is a, whether you want to call it a community or a tribe or a, a movement even, it's um, it's become this this really big thing that I don't know, did, did you expect that to happen at the beginning? Has it just? No, there was no plan or ex, uh, sort of uh, expectation. It would be anything other than a public archive of content. That was, that was it. Um, but, but I quickly became aware that there were so many great people in the community, like amazing bios, like the people who read this is like CEO of this company and the head of talent at that company and all this type of amazing stuff. And I'm thinking, holy crap, so many brains there. 
And I just started thinking, you know what, there's, I've got to find other ways in which these people can talk to each other, number one, uh, which is why we, I set up the Facebook group, you know, probably not the uh, a perfect platform, but it was the best platform at the time, probably still is, um, because it allows everyone to get access to each other and have a chat. Um, and then there was there's, there's other, other there's the, the podcast, obviously, the live stream, um, uh, putting the Brain Food Hall of Fame together, we're doing all types of different things, um, because I just think I need to keep servicing this community now. So once there's another thing that is, is, is worth uh, uh, communicating is that as soon as you've got a following of any type or a community, I prefer to call it, um, you feel a sense of responsibility for those folks. Um, because not only are they kind of relying on you for this email, um, but they also, you know, may look to you for other things. I just felt, you know what, I've got to try and keep supporting this community. It's just like growing into an ecosystem. I can see that there's so much ability for other members to connect and help each other that I've got to try and facilitate that in some way. So I'm always thinking, how can I make it easier for everyone else to talk to everyone else? rather than just me, you know, doing the broadcast. So um, definitely it's become much bigger. Now it's a multi-channel type of thing. Um, but I'm hoping people will be able to, you know, interact with different channels if they want. Some some people prefer only there's, – there's people that know the, the webinar but don't know the newsletter. I never thought that would ever happen. But that's the case, and that's fine as well, you know. Yeah, I think the thing is with it is that it's a although yes you you know you're you're at the front of it and and everything else it's the fact that it is a community of value it means that everybody is consistently giving um, there is a yes okay there there's always in any community there's going to be a handful of names that are always sort of appearing top of the stack and that kind of stuff but I think where brain food's quite different it's the fact that there's so many names at the top of that stack as well and they're you know they're not necessarily all um you know people on pedestals it's it's a real mix from from all areas of the community but i think the way that that community is giving back was really really evident when you essentially mobilize them to put on the marathon yes yes um i mean that was great i mean it was amazing to see everyone just come in and uh, support it and get value from it and, and and all the rest of it so i mean it was a really uh, strange time i don't know whether you recall i think it was just before easter wasn't it so april maybe um and it was just after basically everyone realized that this is a very serious scenario everyone's been locked down and the the new reality i think definitely underlined uh, for everyone around that time. And I just felt that, you know, this is, it, 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 there was a requirement, I think, for me to try and um, get everyone together in some way. Um, because we had this really strange situation where everyone was in lockdown together, you know, globally. We were all in this situation. Two billion people, I think, was the estimate, were actually told to stay at home. Um, and that had huge implications for everyone, obviously, in recruiting brave community. Um, and, you know, the spur of this, it was ultimately, you know, we can't sort of move away from the fact that, um, you know, this pandemic has had hugely negative effects for the recruitment industry in general, you know. Um, uh, you know, we need to have growing economies, growing businesses to do recruiting, the recruiting function. Um, uh, you know, a lot of recruitment is, is, is about growing companies. 
Um, and if companies and economies are not growing, then obviously we become redundant. Um, and, and by me kind of managing this email list uh, of 20,000 plus people, emailing 20,000 people every, every week, people email back. Um, and what I was getting was a lot of emails back saying, oh, um, I've just lost my job. Um, can you help? Um, or Hung, I, I feel it's going to happen next week um, and I, I, I need to be out there. Is there anything you can help with? And I was so frustrated because I couldn't help, you know? I, I, I couldn't help. Um, and I couldn't also give false hope either um, and say, yeah, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You'll get a job. I, I, I couldn't say that because I didn't think that was true. Um, so I was getting a lot of this type of repeal, um, but I was also seeing on the other side, so many companies respond positively to this situation. So a rallying around, you know, led by, again, another shout out, Johnny Campbell, a good friend of ours. Um, but he conspicuously, you know, said, hey, any recruiters who need to have this training, now is a good time to access the Social Talent Recruitment Academy, three months for free. Um, uh, it's designed for people out of work, but you know what? I'm not really going to check, so just go and sign up for it. Um, and I just thought that's amazing. Um, and I wanted to highlight that. But then there was other companies providing similar stuff, saying, "Hey, listen, get onto this. We're going to do a retrain or use this product for free. It's going to help you." And so many companies piling in. So I thought, how can I bring this community of recruiters who might be feeling under economic stress together with this community of vendors who are offering support? Um, and how can I do that efficiently? Um, and I thought the best way to do that was to pull a stunt, basically. Uh, <laughs> ahead of a stunt. Yeah, I thought, right, let's just sit online for 24 hours and see if I can just talk to people um, and, and, and get them to, 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 to communicate. But you know what, Christina, that was, again, just a small idea. It was launched, I would say, with maybe 13 days worth of planning. Um, it was like, right, we're going to do it. Um, and then, again, the, the, a marketing team assembled itself, including folks from Green Umbrella, yeah. uh, if you remember. Um, so people just started volunteering stuff and saying, hey, yeah, hang on, I'm going to take care of you. I said, who are you exactly? <laughs> okay, fine. Um, and I was saying yes to everything because I was thinking, right, I, I'm, I, I'm not in control of this. That's fine. I've got to let the community take some, 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 some uh, of the, the weight because they, they're running with it. This is run with it. And it just all came together on the day, you know. Um, so total chaos, huge amounts of effort from everyone. Um, and, and But yeah, without the people in the back office, in particular, actually, marketing pros. So there was lots of people who, I think, also recruitment marketing is a, is a, is a, another kind of uh, a, a, a discipline also str struggling at the same time. They had some capacity and they saw this as a valuable thing. So they just piled in to help. Um, and we were able to uh, uh, to put this thing together. So, so yeah, that was a, a, a great a great moment, great day. Yeah, I mean, it was twenty four hours of live streamed content, multiple tracks as well. And it was, I know there were a couple of tech issues in terms of like Crowdcast. Um, it, it was all being run on Crowdcast, and that went down a couple of times. But I don't think there were any issues in terms of people not showing up to do their sessions or anything like that. No, no dropouts. Um, everyone showed up who said they were going to show up. Um, some amazing content as well. We've got some massive hitters coming in, like people who 
be charging tens of thousands to do it. Um, but they, they were just volunteering their time. They wanted to get involved. And there was, there was actually a queue of people who wanted to do it and that didn't have the space or even, should I say, didn't have the logistical ability to say, yeah, get in. It's going to be like that. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, and, and to be, to be fair with Crowdcast, they didn't actually screw up. It was actually us, um, or me, should I say, um, because so for the folks who, who weren't there, basically the thing didn't entirely break down. Um, I think for about 30 minutes, it went offline, um, and it went offline because of a disaster recovery plan that I had insisted upon. Um, <laughs> caused it to happen, so it's almost like, oh yeah, the fire escape caused the fire, um, and and basically <laughs> that's what happened. And we went over basically our our storage plan, like the maximum storage plan of, of video content that they would allow on the plan we had, which was the max plan. Um, uh, we busted over that uh, primarily because we had a dummy track running all the time as a fallback. Um, so we set up a, a room that I didn't realize was actually recording um, and I didn't calculate those additional hours into the allocation. Um, so instead of us doing four tracks, for 24 hours, however many hours that is, uh, you know, 100 plus, but actually we were doing five tracks over 24 hours. And I didn't count for that additional dummy track that we had hidden. Uh, and that was the thing that busted us over the limit. Crazy. You know, my um, prior to sort of the, the marketing and, and being active in the recruitment world, um, I was in events. Um, and, you you know, you always have your like emergency bag and it's got everything in there for like, you know, gaffer tape to spare mics and batteries to sewing kits. And you just can't create the same thing for online events. No. It's- Listen, let me tell you. The, 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 there is back office, like they've got some ridiculous stories. Got, I had two people over in uh, in, in Australia, uh, hi Liz, hi Laura on that. Um, they were in an office, they were doing the 24 hours, and actually they, they got locked in um, and the the lights went out. And then they would do it because it was switched off because they were in lockdown. So the anticipation was um, there would be no, no lighting there. So they were literally doing it by torchlight. Um, <laughs> oh my god just goes to show you never know what's going on behind the scenes no there's like totally this is why when we published the i wanted to publish an ebook on it and it was um totally late and i should have sent it uh, and we should be much more prominent but i wanted to be the first thing that needed to be said because here was the team the back office crew that put it together um because without those people it wouldn't have happened um and um and yeah it was uh it was it was uh it worked in the end and you know i'm, I'm pleased it, it's one of these that um i hopefully it's it's done what we wanted to do which was to connect the community with each other people did get jobs out of it um you know which was the main idea um and uh the it, it just had the sense that people needed that moment um and uh, and yeah I'm, I'm pleased that we did it yeah so um, at the end of the 24 hours, obviously there was kind of like the, you know, the, the, the closing few minutes. And um, I just remember you kind of, I mean, what was it like nine o'clock in the morning, just reaching for that bottle of beer and taking a swig. And the, the silence was perfect. Absolutely <laughs> perfect. There was just that moment where you were like, well, what are we going to do now, guys? You know, it was like, you know, we're, we're done, 24 hours. And um, and I, I wondered, what was what did you do? The moment that you turned off that live stream, 
like that, you know, that, that five minutes after you switched it off, what, what was happening then? What was in your head? What was your... Honestly, I, I can't really remember, Christina. And the reason why is because I, I think my brain wasn't right for several days afterwards. Because um, it takes it out of you. I mean, during the day, I was, during the 24 hours, I was actually okay. I mean, it was obviously tired and stuff like this. But I was talking to interesting people all the time. It was like, wasn't, wasn't that hard to talk to people. Uh, and everyone's pulled an all-nighter before. So it's like totally doable. Um, but uh, I haven't done an all-nighter for a very long time. And, and you know, it, it takes it out of you. Um, so it, I wasn't like right in terms of sleep patterns for at least a week or two afterwards. Um, and I think my memory is kind of being hammered as a result. So I specifically what I did, I don't think I went to sleep straight away because um, I wasn't uh, feeling in that, in that regard. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, uh, probably nothing very interesting. If it was interesting, I'd remember it, right? Um, I don't know. At what point did you realize what you'd achieved in that event? It was probably just monitoring the, um, the chat stream. Chat streams are always a really good indicator. I think, I don't know if you feel the same of being a, a, a prominent live streamer yourself, but, um, when you see like a hyperactive chat stream, um, that's when you think that, yeah, this is working well um, because you, there's no hiding that. Um, you know, if you're doing a webinar, you can kind of hide the numbers of people watching it. Um, uh, uh, you know, to save you, save you the embarrassment of saying, yes, yeah, me, my grandma. But, um, uh, and we shouldn't be that ashamed, really. But, um, but no, I understand why you would hide it. Um, but in our case, the thing actually broke. I mean, the counter broke. <laughs> so so we, we weren't able to monitor how many people were there. But you could see it through the chat stream. And it was just like constantly going like teletext was, you know, like it's just flying up. Um, and that told me that, yeah, okay, we made a, a really strong impression here. Um, and, uh, and, you know, like I say, it's really um, enriching to know that you've made a positive impact. I mean, that was the main thing. Have we made people feel a bit better about who they are and what they do and the community they're part of? Um, that was that's the only question that we wanted to answer positively to. And in the end of that, I thought, yeah, definitely we did that and tick in the box. That's done. Totally agree with that. So, what's next? Um, well, next is what I want to talk to you about because next has already happened, Christina. Um, I don't know whether you noticed, but this week um, there was a new brain food initiative um, called the Brain Food Tribune. Um, and this is an idea I've been percolating around for a little while, um, primarily because, I mean, let me tell you a story. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, of a, a website called the Players Tribune. Um, and and I thought for a long time I was a fan of this website because I'm a sports fan. Um, so the Players Tribune is basically a blog of sports people writing stories about themselves. Um, and I thought I was loving this because I was a sports fan. I'm going to consume this content. It's amazing. But I realized a couple of weeks ago it's got nothing to do with uh, 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 it being sports. It's got to do with the fact that the, this blog is about telling human stories um, from the voice of people that are routinely dehumanized uh, by dint of them being sports stars. So you know the story. You're a prominent sports star. The media is going to construct some sort of caricature about who or what you are. Um, you as a sports fan are completely complicit on that because you accept the caricature 
and you go and hate on that person because, you know, he plays with you, the team or whatever. Um, and then you have all of this kind of narrative build up. And then you read the Players' Tribune, you find out, oh, uh, this person actually goes to his grandma's every Tuesday and hands her a hamper because, of, you know, she, she used to look after him when he was a kid or something like that. And you have this additional color, this human aspect that you wouldn't ever consider because all you ever saw before was a number on the back of his shirt and the color of his badge. Uh, now you can see a full human being. Um, and that's uh, basically what happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. I got involved in an argument on the internet, um, which if anybody who knows me knows I never do this, right? I never get involved in any disputes online. Um, and because it's a, a lesson I've learned a long time ago. Um, I think I must have had like an early traumatic Twitter experience or something. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, never get involved in any disputes. Because uh, it's not, if someone's motivated to have an angry comment at you at any point, um, they're not in listening mode. Um, so there's almost nothing you can do um, to um, to deactivate that. Like all you're going to do is pour fuel onto that fire. So I learned that lesson a long time ago. But you know what? Four weeks ago, six weeks ago, how long it was, I fell off the wagon, Christina. Um, I fell off the wagon because there was this guy who made a comment on a post I put on LinkedIn. And for some reason, I thought it would be a good idea to take this moment to break my rule and, have, and, and, and respond to this fellow. And he didn't actually say anything too bad, I've got to be honest. Um, but he said it in such a way that kind of gave me the impression that he was persuadable to a point of view. And I thought, okay, great. Let me just see if I can persuade him. And um, I mean, you know what, what happens, right? Uh, I mean, straight yeah. away conflagration complete you know massive uh, you know, temperature goes up to 500 degrees like complete anger um and, and it got to the point uh, where i was like being homicidally outraged at this guy like furious like totally furious um and then i just had to stop myself and think you know what five minutes ago you didn't even know this guy existed and you had no idea you still don't know who he is but here he is causing this degree of emotion in you. Um, and guess what, by the way, this emotion is totally real. It's absolutely you feel it. But how can this happen? How can, the, you know, the, how can this actually occur? And it basically um, occurred to me that if I was to have this conversation with this fellow in a pub somewhere where we could see each other, where we could you know, interact, we might have a testy conversation, but I'm pretty certain we'd have a laugh about it and end up having quite a good chat. Um, because I'd be able to see him, he'd be able to see me, there'd be body language, there'd be all kinds of different types of contact and information uh, that we could process. But more importantly, Christina, there would also be the indisputable fact that he was a human being. And our shared humanity would be indisputable in an in-person scenario. Like, he's literally in front of me. I can't deny he's a human being, right? But when someone's just a status update, and when someone's just a comment on a stream, this 2D image, whatever it is, you know, with an avatar that isn't really him, you, that's all you get. You get a very shallow feeling of who he is. And it's too easy for us to just treat that person as a non-human or to move into dehumanization. So this is why I, I realized that this review was amazing. Not because of the sport, not definitely because of the writing either. These are pro sports stars, right? So they're not like, they're not Byron. Um, you know, the writing in grammatically incorrect English and broken sentences and everything. Um, however, 
um, they're, they're, they're rehumanizing themselves. And that's actually the purpose of it. When it was set up, it was like in your own voice. That was the, the response from the uh, to say, we need to talk. We need to have our own platform to talk. Um, and it rehumanizes people. And I just thought, you know what? We need to do this. I want to do this for the recruiting brave community. Um, because I think in the small microcosm, in the grand scheme of things, um, if we can do just one thing here, it's just uh, you know move us back towards humanity one step. Because I think we're moving closer away to dehumanity as we go. Right? Um, it seems that we're going further in that direction. So I want to try and wind that clock back just a little bit and do it by getting people to tell their personal stories. Um, you know, not about thought leadership. Don't care about your opinion on employer branding. You know, I want to hear about you. Um, you know, where your values are coming from. What your childhood was like? What was the most important thing that happened to you when you were 16? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and then tell us who you are. Um, and I think through, through doing this exercise, two things are going to happen. Uh, and by the way, I'm learning as I go. As, as I, told, I said right at the beginning, there's no huge plan, right? Um, so I'm learning from the authors I've done. It's 12 people have done it already. Um, and the 12 people basically have, have, have said to me, um, it's been a super therapeutic exercise because it's allowed them to reconnect with their own humanity. Because I've asked them to go introspection. I've asked them to go back and, you know, those old values, those old memories, have a walk down that, those, those things and, and, and examine them again. Because you know what? You might have just parked it somewhere. Um, and whilst you still have it, you may not have brought it out for a ride for a little while. In the same way, actually, that I learned the lesson uh, or I knew the lesson not to have fights on the internet. I knew that a long time ago, but I forgot the truth of it, Christina. Mm. I knew the lesson, but I forgot the truth of the lesson. And I needed my friend in Belgium to remind me of that, uh, which he's done. So I'm thankful for that incident. Um, but I think a lot of us have that, where we've got these truths. We know the answer. This is how you do it but we've forgotten the why behind it. Um, so basically the authors have come away to say, look, it's super therapeutic. Thank you for, the, for, 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 for doing it, for, for setting this up and providing the, the space for this to happen. Um, and secondly, the impact has been the people who've read it. They're like, they're astonished by it because it's like, I, this is a, such a true and touching human story that I feel I should reach out to this person. And all of the authors have reported back to me again to say, I've had so many direct messages and emails to say, this has really touched me. Um, and now, I'm, of course, I'm getting tons of requests for people volunteering to tell their own stories as well, which is fantastic. Because I think these are all people that are trying to take part in this idea of rehumanization. Um, and um, I think if we can all tell our own stories, Maybe that's a small way for us to make the world slightly better than it was yesterday. Well, when I saw it in the newsletter on Sunday, I I read I I, I read about it and I I had a little shudder because I thought God I I don't know I could tell my stories in that way, which is quite an interesting from someone who is a marketer and all day every day I'm telling stories, but actually it's a um, it's a very brave thing to do to put yourself out there in that way um and to your peers as well so it's a yeah it's, it's a really really interesting concept and, and it's just so powerful so powerful it takes courage christina there's no doubt um it takes real courage it takes courage to be honest with yourself forget about publishing it right 
Um, even to do the exercise, I think it takes courage because you've got to look yourself in the mirror. Um, and there's no harsher judge than yourself. Like you literally know everything that there is to know. There's no kind of um, trick, tricking yourself there. You know, if, you, if we really stared in the mirror, are we really comfortable with who that person looking back at us is? Um, so all of these people have gone through that exercise. Um, and, um, and yeah, not easy, not easy. Um, but at the same time, it is a form of, there is, I think there's therapeutic value in just exploring some of this. Even if some of the memories that you have may not be particularly gentle, you know, there could be some bruising around this. Um, and there's some scars there, of course they are. Um, and, uh, but just to feel it again and, and to just to feel the edges of those things is part of who you are. Um, and I'm, it may not be a bad thing now and again to just recognize this is who I am. Um, because, and again, I don't want to talk about stuff that I, I'm not qualified to say um, as a non-professional psychologist, but I think now we're living in this distributed way where our sense of human contact has really been massively restricted. Um, and our predominant way of interacting is digital, is 2D, is online. I think we're, we're at risk of like, hollowing ourselves out a little bit um, because that depth that we usually get from human in-person interaction is missing in large part. Like a lot of these stories, I, I, firstly, these stories are not like terrible secrets, right? No one's come out to say, yeah, she's underneath a patio. You know, no, no one's actually, yeah. <laughs> no one said this. Um, and if you do, I don't want you to say it, right? Don't, don't, don't have me call the police on you. Um, but um. It, it's almost like they're not secrets, but they're not widely shared. You know, you wouldn't just broadcast some of this stuff, um, but they're not secret. These people are not uh, being, you know, hiding this stuff. And I've actually, like, part of the reason why I've constructed it to have a lot of choice. So there's different types of ways you can tell the story, and each way in which you tell the story also within it has multiple choices also. So, for instance, in 20 questions, there's actually 50 questions from which you can choose. Um, which basically means that if there is something that you're not prepared to share, um, you can, I, I want to respect that um, because th there are some things that are absolutely uh, maybe are going to be yours and yours alone. Um, so um, that I want to make sure is, 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 is there and consistent. Um, but some of these other kind of um, more subterranean sort of values, I think would emerge if you went and have a beer with somebody. You know, if you went and had a good night out and you spent two, three hours, drinks, dinner, whatever, we'd end up shooting the crap and, and all this stuff would come out, right? This is the sort of thing that would basically come out and you think you'd emerge from that, not with judgment, but you'd emerge from it knowing the person in a much deeper and richer way uh, than you did before. Um, because you've found out some vulnerability there. You've shared, you sh the person shared something with you that they don't normally share. Um, and sharing that is actually one of the ways in which bonds can really be strengthened and, and remade. So, um, so I think that exercise has been super interesting for these folks to do. And, and I think very interesting for people to read, like, like you say, I should have, um, that happened to me. I, I read some of the stories and I was like, oh my goodness, I thought I knew this person, but actually she's told me a lot more. Uh, and now I just want to know her even more, right? I, I want, I feel closer to that person having known this. And now when I see her next time, I, I only want to, I want to give her a hug, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, completely. 
Completely. Cool. Okay. So um, let's wrap things up there. Um, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're you're busy, um, even in sort of lockdown where you're not kind of traveling all over the world, going from an event to an event to an event like you normally are. Um, but you know, you, you've got frogs to look after and stuff like that. So um, I do top really priority. <laughs> top priority. Let's keep these frogs going. <laughs> I really, really do appreciate your time. Um, so anyone that wants to check out um, recruiting brain food or to um, connect with you, where do you want to send them? Uh, best place is always going to be the newsletter. So go to recruitingbrainfood.com. Um, subscribe to it there. You can follow my updates. Usually I for Sunday, as you know, but from there, there's also email access. Get into the Facebook group, connecting with Twitter, that kind of thing. So it unlocks the door to all of that. Brilliant. Cool. That's great. Thanks very much, Frank.